All right, folks, Zach and I are in studio. I went to the Pebble Beach uh, Car Week. Zach was camping in the woods with his dad, his, his fiance, and his dog, and they got monsooned on. Uh, I talk about some of the amazing things I saw uh, up there in Car Week. I talk about doing 1,100 miles in the McLaren 720S and a whole lot more. It's a cruise show. Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Off the Record. You know Off the Record. I talk about them every single week. They're here to get points off your record. Whether you rolled through a stop sign, did a little bit of speeding, all the way up to the big stuff. We're here for that. We're here to help. Off the Record is here to help. Basically, they make it easy to access the systems that get points off of your record. No going to court. No talking to the prosecutor, no standing in front of a judge. Just go to offtherecord.com slash TST, send them a photo or a scan of your ticket, and they will handle the rest. Their coverage is a huge portion of the U.S., well over 90%. It's almost guaranteed Off the Record can represent you, arranging for an attorney in the jurisdiction you got pulled over for to go to court on your behalf. They can even help open closed cases. A friend of mine had, a, had points on his record from cases that were already closed and off the record got those cases reopened and in some cases got the points dismissed. It really helped my friend get insurance when he was having a hard time getting car insurance because of this stuff and off the record help. So go to offtherecord.com slash TST or download the off the record app and use code TST10 for 10% off all legal services with off the record right? Get it, get an account, make it, sign up, and then you're ready. Then if you get pulled over, you're not going to freak out. You're not going to have a panic attack. You know, off the record will be there for you. Offtherecord.com slash TST or code TST10 on the off the record app. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of them. Yeah. Otherwise you just get a go-kart. Yeah. Do they have fan boat racing? Florida? Good question. And why don't they have fan boat racing? I feel like they should. Fan to fan. It's the kind of thing I'd like to see racing. The, the lack of control. I mean, I guess it would be like offshore. Oh, oh yeah. Well, Air, drag airboat racing. drag racing. No, no, we want. No, no. I want, want left corners. and I want cornering. Yeah. Exploring the world of airboat racing. There we go. Flatbottomboatworld.com. Some unauthorized airboat races might involve boats racing around, around swamplands. Swamp yeah. I mean, that seems fun. So that, that one is like, this, this one seems like it's an A to B race. Look at this fucking guy. Guy's, guy's ready for it, huh? That guy's ready to crash. That is Valhalla. <laughs> Spray your face with silver paint. I mean, that is not a small engine. No, it's like, a, that's a big V8 open header. The Ground Rattler 3. What happened to the first two? Uh, yeah, and their drivers. <laughs> What is airboat? Man, this is a very thorough yeah. site. This is like a recipe thing. Oh, that's like a how-to. Flat bottom boat world. Sweet. Check that out later. Hello, everybody. Cruise show. We are back. We have run out of pre-recorded shows. And so here we are. That's actually not true. I said that, and then I realized it's not true because I have a, a, a show in the can with uh, Nicholas Brown, the CEO of McLaren of the Americas. Oh, yeah. I saw and that on will, the folder. I was yeah. like, who? Yeah. That's okay. who that is. He's Great. the CEO of McLaren. And so we're going to air that uh, McLaren of North America, which makes him like the number three person in the company. He answers directly to the Michael, who is the CEO of the global. But, cool. Uh, very cool guy. 
very fun. I went on the, the uh, I was uh, I was hosted by McLaren at Pebble Beach this past week. Uh, I had a, a sweet, cushy gig. Did not involve reviewing their cars at all. Uh, all I had to do was uh, make a route and lead a drive of uh, 30 or so McLarens from Beverly Hills to Monterey. And uh, I already do that, so it's not not too challenging for me, but very fun. Nice well, people. How was the route? Well, so, you know, Angeles Crest, they wanted to drive, but it's closed above a certain point. Mm-hmm. Upper Big Tahunga is closed. And they, the overnight stop was in Ojai. The 33 is closed. So we had to improvise. But we ended up on some good roads. We ended up we, we drove roads that you have driven. I used some ro- roads that we like to film on for the southern part. And then I used roads from the coastal range rally that we did uh, for the northern part. And Carmel Valley Road mm. is light, delightful in an E30. It's a little tough in a McLaren. It's a little bumpy. The, yeah. the middle section of that road is a little bumpy. Yeah, so, nice shape, but the surface is a little. The surface is rough. Unfinished. So, so I was in a 720s Spider, which rides absolutely beautifully. No problem for me. But the people in the P1s and the 600 LTs <laughs> were like, "What are you doing to me here, bud? You're killing, you're killing us." It's like, but that's the way you know to get into. Monterey without traffic on Pebble Beach weekly. That, there was no cars on that road. It's just we had a dead, a dead empty run into Pebble Beach the whole way. Wow, that's pretty. It was fortunate. great. Yeah, yeah. And we had we had great weather and uh, up until the the monsoon on Sunday, and uh, it was very cool. Was a shout out to McLaren for hooking hooking it up. They they gave me that. That was like pretty much all the work I had to do. Was like Tuesday and Wednesday driving up there, and then I had a 720 Spider and a uh, and a hotel room in Monterey for the for the rest of the week. So it was pretty ace. Went to the Quail, uh, brought brought a lot of outfits, brought a lot of a lot of my new shirts. My Panama hat came off the shelf. Hung out with uh, Ali, our friend, and saw his prototype. Um, oh, the trailer, cool. the range trailer. He, the, the, you know, they're they're in the commercial trailers business. Yeah. And if you did, haven't listened to the podcast we did on range energy, you really should, because this guy <laughs> is a genius. And that in that photo is his BMW 2002 with the super hot S14 Evo motor in yeah. it. Thing rips. And he like built the whole car himself. His yeah, suspension, everything. Yeah. And his trailer was so fucking rad. And and uh, he towed his race car to Pebble Beach. Uh, using his Rivian, and it's I think he said the only fifth wheel gooseneck Rivian on in the world uh, to to work with the trailer. But oh, they wow. handmade a prototype trailer, like his team made it. Whoa! And with so the, with the electronic assist and everything. Yeah, yeah, with everything. And so he, you know, normally with a Rivian towing, you're getting like 110 miles range. He gets 275 miles range towing Whoa. with a Rivian, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, and um. And it's not, you know, it's not just a battery pack that charges the car. It's a self-propelled trailer that has its own power unit, its own drive unit, and it removes the load from the tow vehicle. So it doesn't just work with EVs. It's it's if you connect a gas truck or a, a, a smaller SUV and tow with that, um, you get the fuel economy that you would get if the trailer wasn't there, which is amazing. And it's also much easier to drive. So, I mean, just really impressive. Really cool. Went to the Myers-Manx house, which is baller. And uh, they, you know, the, the guy who owns Myers-Manx, Philip, has like a 
one of those you know billionaire family offices, right? Where they invest their whole job is Got to it. invest their own money and shit. And so they had set up like it was. Dude, this house was like seven houses down from the 18th fairway at Pebble Beach. Like it's – you could walk to the 18th fairway. It was really, really close. And it was like six acres on the water overlooking Whoa. the fairway. It was fucking sick. And all over the property, each of their little companies in the portfolio had a little like booth. Oh, okay. And so we got there. Ali took me because Range is in this portfolio of companies. So he's like, I wanted to go see the trailer. But we also – you know, I wanted to, to – he goes, you got you to gotta see this. This is fucking nuts. And Philip is like a major car collector. So he's got all these like – he buys concept cars. Cool. So he has like running, driving concept cars for shit that doesn't exist. And so he had a bunch of them. He had an Isdera, which like who's ever even seen an Isdera? I, got a, I have a picture of it. I think I put it – I think it's on the gram. Hmm. But go back to the Instagram. I have a uh, – go to like – the uh, there where the picture of the range energy truck is, so it's in that series. So that's this truck with the with the the Rivian with the trailer. But scroll over, um, there's how it's connected on the gooseneck. Cool fucking things, and uh, that's in his Darrow. <laughs> that and looks like something out of uh, like F Zero. Yeah, it's like a '90s a yeah. boutique uh, supercar with a Mercedes V12 engine in it. And it's fucking and headlights uh, from a beetle, a new yeah, beetle. yeah, and but like who's ever even seen one of those? And like nope. that one is running, driving, like, and he was just rolling around in it. Dude, the side scoops are so deep. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it's real crazy. Uh, and keep going. He's got the. Uh, he also has the the Ford Mark Newson concept car, um, which is amazing. That's Jay Mays and Mark Newson together designed that car. Um, so that shit was all at the Myers Manx house. But then they go. They go and the gauges in that are like my our Icapod, yep. Because that's Mark Newson also, so it has the Icapod gauges, which I'd never actually seen before. I like it. So I made them open the. I was like, "Can you please get them to open the door so I can get this photo?" And they did. Um, and then that is the prototype EV Manx buggy, and then they have the ones that are like more finished. Um, and then I don't know what this fucking thing is. It looks like a dildo with a drag motor in the back of it. Uh, it. I mean, it truly does. I think it's supposed to be some sort of rear engine, like, Can-Am future concept with yeah. a joystick controller. But the joystick is blue. The it looks like a The entire cabin is white. Yeah. And then it's covered in clear Lexan. So, yes, it looks like a blue it's uh, kind sexual of like, apparatus. Yeah, it's something like you'd see in the sex museum combined with something from a clockwork orange. Yeah. Pretty much. Sex uh, museum in Las Vegas, by the way, very fun. Yeah, yeah. True. The one in New York is real interesting, too. But uh, so they, they give me, they go, can we tour you around the property? I go, All right, let's see what we got. And they hand me a very nice Myers-Manx canvas tote bag. And I go, what's that for? Well, it turns out each of these booths are gifting suites, like at the Oscars. And this booth, here's where we have the uh, our, our spiced honey brand. Here, take some jars of honey. Here's where we have a brand that makes golf balls. Take a rack of golf balls. Here's our coffee brand. Here's a bag of coffee. And here's our fucking hand soap. And here's our cookies. And here's our spiced nuts. And here's this. And here's that. Here's our hot sauce. And so I got, and I didn't like, I felt weird because I felt like a, you know, friend of a friend. Uh, so I didn't take like, you know, they kept trying. They, I could have left there with like three bags. Like of here's stuff. the Myers Manx. Yeah, I could have left with anything I wanted, but I, I kept it. One of each was enough, you know. And it was still this fucking 
big bag. <laughs> One of each is fine. I felt I weird. For two. I didn't. They were insistent. You must try this. This is delicious. You must take this for your. Oh, you don't want it. Maybe your wife does. Take it. They had so much stuff. Do you bring cookies back? Uh, I I used some restraint and didn't take the cookies. Okay. Didn't take the cookies. Didn't take the candied nuts. But I did bring back some chili crisp honey that I think would be great on fish. All right. Yeah. That's and like the, a, and the coffee. Like Thai fish sauce. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, like Thai fish dishes with yeah. Yeah, I think that will be very good. But that was a little over the top and intense. Um, and you know the quail is the quail is now like the thing. I mean, now the quail is now like bigger than the concourse. It's more people. Square footage wise, it's more space. I mean, Weird. it's probably similar in space it's to the funny. concourse, it's but like it. the concourse is still the concourse, and it's still the main event clearly. But is the, the quail more popular or larger now because it it gets to feature new cars and people get excited about? Yeah, that I I think so. Uh, and 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 once you're in. You're in. You know, the concourse, it's like there's your ticket, but then there's like levels of access. Like if you don't have, if you can't get to one of the hospitality suites that's like Rolls Royce or Aston or whatever, or or, or if you're not associated, then you still have to, you got to buy food, you got to buy drinks. Whereas the Quail is like a really expensive ticket. But once you're in, it's open bar, it's open food. There's like five, six different restaurants set up around that are all different. And it's all – you just walk up and get a plate and eat. Oh, wow. And and everything – there's caviar and there's champagne and it's like – and yes, there are a lot more like – it's where the new supercars are shown. So if you're like a customer, if you're really thinking about buying a Pagani – you can go to you go talk to them there and you sit in it and you look around and you know and some of the conversations i overheard were just you know some fucking thousand year old guy and his 20 year old wife going you know i like this one but i think we should get it in matte green carbon fiber and she's like i don't know i really think the gold finishing is better and like just just ridiculous people, you know, saying ridiculous things, you know, because the poors aren't around to hear them. They really. I mean, if you're specking a car, like it's that's those are the questions you're going to get asked. Yeah. Like, here are the options we have. Like, uh, Bossom uh, just went and did like the Learjet. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. And I was just looking at it. my my immediate thought was like disgusting. Yeah. But like, all right, if you're going to custom make something, whether yeah. it's a fucking pen. Or a $3 million car. You can literally do anything. Yeah. So it's like, what would you do if you could do anything? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, Plus, which car did we see at Goodwood that had, like, little gold accents? Not the uh, not the Avaya, but there was another car that had blue carbon with a little bit of gold. And, yeah, it looked really good. Oh. It's just, for me, the color combo, like, that was worked. it the... Um, My, it was Pagani? a Pagani. I think it was It was a Pagani. a Pagani. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's the ticket to Quail? You know? The the retail price is thirteen hundred. On the flip, they're like two grand, and parking passes were on StubHub for five fifty. What? Yeah. People are flipping the tickets. Yeah, oh yeah. My it's God. really hard to get a ticket. It's like straight up, it's very hard. Well, to StubHub get a buys them all. So, yeah, probably. And then you know, oh look, secondary market. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's wild. Quail's crazy, and it took me. I mean, look, you know, that's like my demo, right? And so. I did one lap of the quail, just one, and it took me all, almost eight hours to do a lap around. I mean, Grant, you know, I'm stopping and talking right. to all these people, but, but like 
it it was big and it was it, it was all day. By Sunday, I had no voice left. I couldn't. You'll hear it in the podcast that I did with Nicholas from McLaren. Like that was done on Saturday afternoon, and my voice was. I had had like three teas before that. By the time I got to Sunday, when I was on the lawn at Pebble, I was only I only went to the concourse for like an hour because hmm. I wanted to. A, I was exhausted. I couldn't speak. I I literally couldn't speak. I was, it was like this. Wow. I could not speak. I was talking so much, and um and also there was this storm, and I had to drive home in it. In a McLaren 720. So did the storm reach Monterey? I have no, no. no. Okay. I, when I left, I left. I got to the concourse at like eight, left nine thirty, and I, even with a parking pass, it took me almost a half hour to walk back to my car. And and by the time I was in the car, I had left Pebble Beach by like ten. I drove as fast as reasonably possible for the first half of the drive until I got to like a little before Santa Barbara, a little north of Santa Barbara, maybe San Luis Obispo. And then it started to rain really, really hard. And then it was like, I mean, look, the 720 is great in the wet. It's got regular tires. Mm -hmm. It's not like Cup 2 tires. It's built in Britain. They have rain there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you put it put the car in like wet mode. And it's fine. And and I saw some like cars spun off the road. I saw a, a gardening truck had rolled over, and there was like fucking rakes and lawnmowers and shit all over the road. But like for the most part, I had an uneventful, very tiring but uneventful drive home in the rain. Yeah, you um, have to be very focused, which is exhausting. But yeah, I was very focused, and I was very very tired. But by the time I got in the car. That sitting down in the car to leave the concourse meant I would have at least seven hours of not having to speak. Right. And I was so happy about not having to talk anymore. And when I and Hannah was out of town, she got back on on Wednesday. So when I got home on Sunday night, I didn't speak to anybody until Tuesday morning. So I had the whole day where I was just silent and my voice finally came back. But it was, it was, it was bad. Um, but I love, I love uh, Pebble Beach. I found some new things to do that um, are free or cheap and very fun. Um, works reunion is the Porsche thing that happens the morning of quail but before quail. And it's, it was, a spectator ticket on site is 40 bucks. Very nice. Great, great thing to do. Saw a lot of nice people there. That, that's where that was taken. That was at Works Reunion. My outfit was fucking fire yeah. that day. Um, Those little robots? No, they're watches. They're watches. They're watches. It's watches Voltron. It's watch Voltron right. to turn into a surfing robot. Oh, cool. Yeah, that shirt rules. Gordon Murray, fucking two different times in the week, two different outfits. Gordon Murray from across the lawn was like, love the shirt. <laughs> and I was like, yep. Uh, got my new watch. That's the Arcanaut Fordite 2, and I put a different colored half a strap on it. Very excited. Vinny brought it up to me at Pebble because oh, cool. it was a day late because it got held up in customs. So, so Vinny rode his motorcycle like the, up there. Um, the car paint. Right, right. It's like it pools at the bottom, and then they shave it. It's, so, really, it's awesome. Well, it pools and gets about 10 inches thick it, And it's bottom. layers of all the different it's, colors they've painted. Yeah, and then they mill out blocks of it, and they cut it. So if you cut it, 
So it's, it's layered up, right? So if you cut it horizontally, you get these sort of like amoeba-like patterns. If you cut it vertically, you get a stripe. And this is, mine is cut at a 45 degree angle. Cool. So you end up with a wave-like pattern. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, I love Black Badger. Black Badger, James Thompson, is one of the founders of this brand. He made the the ring. And, like, Black Badger is known for, like, crazy loom painting, the glowing paint. So he works on, like, six-figure watches, MB&F, and really high-end watches doing their loom work. Um, and, and I really like um, – uh, I really, yeah, that's his website. And he, he makes jewelry and like glowing loom paint. And he made some Fordite stuff. And I had asked him a couple of years ago if he would make me uh, a Fordite watch dial for a custom Seiko. And he said, I can't because I got this other thing going on, but wait. And so that was this. Oh, and okay. so this is, it's the company's called Arcanaut. And uh, these watches, Considering how much of a visual impact they make, they're actually relatively affordable. They're not super cheap, but they're relatively affordable. So actually, I expressed interest in buying one, and he said, would you like to be a brand ambassador for us? And so I said, yeah. Like, He said, I can't pay you, but I'll make you a watch. And you know, if you tell people about it, that would be nice of you. So, so they did. So they sent me this, and I fucking showed it to everybody I could, and- and I really, really like That's it. It's really cool. And, you know, at uh, – look at the Fortnite oh, yeah. coffee cup. That's fucking Whoa. rad. And so um, – yeah. And so I, I showed it to Jim Farley from Ford. Oh, that's mid-journey AI. Oh, yeah. I, I, that would be very difficult because I don't – I think the coffee would – the heat of the coffee would melt the paint. Would possibly melt it a little bit. And one of the only, one of the only downsides of Fordite is it doesn't take impacts. So you can't use it on something where it's going to get knocked into shit. It's kind of soft, right? Because like I have brittle. a chip of it, and it and mine feels like a very hard rubber. But I haven't uh, tried to like bend it. It's this, this one, the ring I have. It's it's brittle, so okay. you wouldn't want to like smack it into something. And a lot of the stuff, the jewelry that he makes out of it has a titanium. So you can see on this ring, the the Fordite is the inside, but it has a titanium outer structure. Right. So that that allows it to be more impact resistant. Um, but this is just, I mean, you know, it's at Pebble, the watches are fucking nuts. There, so you see, there's the stripey one on the left. So that's when it's cut uh, vertically. Mm-hmm. And then if you go back on the the other the other page, um, so that one's kind of like mine, where it's on an angle. But if you so the one on that one the one you're on right now so that's if you cut it horizontally you get the amoebas Whoa. which is that's a really that's cool. a very fun one yeah and they sent me ten different colored straps so I can because there's so many colors in the watch you never know what you want to do so totally. I'm going with a with a one and a one so very excited to rep Arcanaut um, and speaking of watches shout out to all the patrons that bought my watch yeah it sold out 58 quickly, minutes right? it sold 58 out 58 minutes 58 minutes we sold 100 units and so that's really cool and uh we have another color coming and i will announce it officially uh in a little bit but um, that's the other one i've seen yeah you've right? seen it Ooh, yeah you've seen good. it yeah. yeah and then also really soon we're going to do the giveaway get that going uh the giveaway prototype color that we're not making and so that's the got, one for the um for the blood donation yeah someone asked about it so okay not quite there yet. I promise I will make a big deal out of it when it's time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Pebble's great, and it was nice to not really have a agenda. I could kind of go to the things I wanted to go to, and uh, I got to the gym every single day. 
proud of myself for doing that. Nice. Uh, drank a little bit more than I wanted to drink, but it was a lot of socializing. I mean, a lot of a lot of those parties and stuff where, I, let's be honest, I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. Uh, so so back in the back on the sober train this week, but um, it was a it was a really fun week. Really great people. Um, saw saw a bunch of friends. Saw a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of really cool cars. I mean, 80s and 90s supercars are fucking super hot right now. I mean, you know, we had Diablos and McLaren F1s and Countach's on the lawn at Pebble. That's the it's Cannonball the Run. With the fling. Which just looks hilarious in person. It's like a cartoon, all this shit that's on that car. Um, but, it was, you know, and behind it, there's a McLaren F1 LM you can see there. And then behind it back right is Senna's F1 car. And I happened to be standing there when they started that thing up. That sounded pretty cool. Wow. I mean, we saw, you know, we also got the impact was diminished slightly at Pebble. Folks, got to take a quick break for our sponsor, NASCAR. It's playoffs time for the NASCAR Cup Series. The quest for a championship begins at historic Darlington Raceway, where 16 of the sport's most talented drivers will be tested like they've never been tested before. The competition has never been more intense, with this season being NASCAR's 75th anniversary. Drivers will have to empty the tank if they plan to survive the infamous Lady in Black and put themselves in a position to advance to the round of 12. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend by inviting over the whole crew and turning into the first race of what is expected to be one of the most unforgettable NASCAR playoffs in history. The NASCAR Cup Series playoffs begin Sunday, September 3rd at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on USA. Folks, got to take a quick break from the action for a new sponsor for your bouncing bundle of joy. Not talking about a baby. I'm talking about your baby makers. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, and they are back with the metaphors for balls. <laughs> but just like babies, your delicate little guys have sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe, but made with safe ingredients. And that's where Manscaped's Platinum Package comes in. From razors to shower care, this package goes above and beyond the gold standard for your body hair. So treat your beautiful boys to the world's finest toys at manscaped.com. Use our code Tire 20, that's T-I-R-E-2-0, Tire 20, for 20% off plus free shipping. Damn, whoever is writing this ad copy should make more money. I mean, this is great stuff here. James Joyce of Balls. The Manscaped Platinum Package is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. It comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. I do like that one a lot. The Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, Ultra Premium Deodorant, Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. You see, sometimes they just come out and say balls, whereas other times they really dance around the term balls. It's funny they don't just always say balls. They could. Like the Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner. They say balls there, but they don't... Always. Maybe they just should. Should they just come out and say balls? No, because then you wouldn't have all the fun and all the jokes. They got to keep it guessing. Keep it fresh. Point, Clapman. Speaking of keeping it fresh, 
You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. That's the next line. Don't forget to apply the aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant for that cologne-quality scent on the go. The Platinum 4.0 package covers all bases from head to toe and hair to ball fro. Gold. Gold, I'm telling you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIRE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code TIRE20. Uh, Use the platinum package because the gold standard is no longer good enough for your balls. Now, back to the show. The impact was diminished slightly at Pebble because a lot of the super hot shit we saw at Goodwood. Oh, really? Yeah, most people don't go to Goodwood and Pebble in the same year. It's, that's a pretty privileged experience to go to both. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the big reveals, the big the big stuff that was being shown off, like we saw it at Goodwood. You hear that, saw, 100-year-old Pagani man? You can't go to both, but, but yeah, we did. Gordon Murray's track car, the, uh, the T-33 Blah blah blah. S whatever it is. The, the, it's like the it's even lighter and even more powerful and even crazier. It was really cool. You look at this thing. This this car. I don't even know what it's called, but it's this. It's it is a two seater, but it has no doors. You just climb over and in. So there's so there's like no body lines on the car. It's like totally sculpted. It's very like forty six Buick front. And it's, then it kind of turns into some sort of weird Lamar thing. Yeah, it's back. like jet age craziness. Yeah. And you, and the old man that's actually sitting in the car is the guy who built it 70 years ago. And wow. he's he was there. And, you know, beautiful 50s Ferraris, Jeez. beautiful Art Deco French shit, you know, preservation class this and unrestored that and the picnic sets and the tool kits. And, the you know, it's all very, it's very overwhelming. It is. Um, like this is the correct napkin for so the picnic set. This one on my Instagram, there's a, a couple pictures that that you got to see them in a row, and I didn't really explain it so well. So this is a coach built 1930s Rolls Royce, and it's got a boat tail. It's a two seater, but it's enormous. And Zach, if you scroll to the next shot, it has this f- amazing spare tire holder. So this giant so door is like open. And the spare tire is taken out of it. But if you scroll to the left, that's what it looks – it's symmetrical. There's two. So wow. that's what it looks like when it's closed. So the, the rear fender is so big, it yeah. not only holds an operational wheel, it holds a spare wheel in front of it that's yeah. hidden. Yeah. And so you go – if you go back and forth, you can see what it's supposed to look like when it's closed. Jeez. It's nuts. Yeah. And then the tool – some of these cars had just incredible tool kits. That was the best one I saw. It's probably about a 60-piece – yeah, it's incredible back kit. then. Like you bought the car and it came with all of this because you're going to need it. To yeah, keep you it might going. need it. Yeah. yeah. So just um, oh. yeah, and it was there was a McLaren class. So there's the LM. There's an there was an F1. There was Can Am cars because it was the 60th anniversary of McLaren. I also met Amanda McLaren, who is Bruce McLaren's daughter, who is very lovely. We had we had dinner together one night, and she was just the nicest person. Um, very interesting. Great stories. Um, and her husband, Stephen, was also super cool. And they've been like brand ambassadors for, for a while. And I got to hang out with Bruno Senna, who was awesome and telling, you know, he's very funny, very personable, um, obviously a great racing driver as well. And was just, you know, telling crazy stories about his, you know, Uncle Ayrton, you know, and all this shit. He said he drove, he said he drove Ayrton's NSX when he was nine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was a, um, 
and uh, he was super cool. Uh, he drove up on the McLaren thing, right? Yeah, he's like a you know he's like a, a guest of the of the brand. You know, so he kind of has carte blanche. But he was super cool. He loved the route I made. He was laughing his ass off because I gave my my usual, you know, don't be an asshole speech because I don't work for McLaren. So Ryan Lewis, who is the man, racing driver and event planner, he did his corporate spiel. He, he you know, he, he helps organize his event. And he did the whole, you know, you're expected to obey speed limits kind of wink, wink thing. And then I got up there presumably to talk about the Rallista app that we use. But I then went into a... I literally said in front of 40 McLaren owners and their executive staff that it is incredibly irresponsible of this company to sell any of you cars. It's like these cars are way too fast and you guys can do stupid things in them. And like I made it – I think I did a pretty good job of making it seem really uncool to drive like a shithead. I was like – I was like you're actually – you're actually going to be not cool if you do this. Like, if you fuck up and make all of us look bad, like, you're you're not cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool to have fun and to not cross double yellow lines. You know what I mean? Like, so everyone, so many people's wives were like, thank you so much for doing that. I didn't want to have to nag my husband, but now he, like, doesn't want to seem uncool in front of you. And I'm like, yes, good move. Yeah, because because they, they all want to try and like be the fastest yeah. on the on the street, which is so stupid. Yeah, yeah. So um, and God, the seven twenty S is so great. You don't need a seven six five. You don't need those fucking Senna seats. Comfort seats, spider regular tires. That is where it's at. It's an amazing car. I did eleven hundred miles in this car in a week, and my back didn't hurt. My neck didn't hurt. In and out of this thing, never scraped the nose once, you know, decent fuel economy, listening to podcasts and the radio, giving people rides in and out of parking garages. Like, I I just want one of those to just be my car. Like, forget a fucking weekend special toy. Like, that's a great car. Just as a car. Big trunk. You should see. I brought more (laughs) luggage on this fucking trip than I've ever brought anywhere. I brought four pairs of shoes. When have I ever? Never. I brought two hats, four pairs of shoes, three blazers, like a different Hawaiian shirt for every day. Like I've never packed so much for anything. It was awesome. It's an amazing, amazing car. I mean, it is. It is one of the best all-around vehicles I've ever driven. Yeah. From, like you said, comfort to speed, and it's not like. It's soft and comfortable, but it gives up a little bit in feel. Like it has the best steering, in my opinion, still. Yeah, it's, it's electro hydraulic, and then it also rides brilliantly. Yeah, it's so incredible. It was great. You just seven hours road trip, no problem. Sit in a traffic jam, no problem. Uh, uh, blast up a canyon, fantastic. Seventeen mile drive at regular speeds, just just great. And then you know to do eleven. It's one thing to like have a go in one of those and then come back to your regular car. Mm-hmm. To do 1,100 miles in one and just have that be your car for a week and then get back in my Ford afterwards is like I didn't really realize the speed that I could just take regular corners at. And I'm not <laughs> talking about being a shithead, but like just the ease at which you can carry you know, speed through certain stuff and – you know the the level of like sure-footedness on the ground versus versus a regular car. Once you once your body is fully saturation calibrated in a car like that, 
which happens over hundreds or thousands of miles, going into another car is very, very hard. Well, you know, you're on a road, then the speed limit is 55, and then you approach the yellow sign that says recommended speed right. 35. Yeah. And McLaren, you don't even think. You just go, whoop, yeah. 55. You it's go around at the same speed. No problem. Yeah. yeah. And I had no, I, absolutely no fuck-ups in the car at all, at car behavior. I mean, this was a, this was an old car. This, was, this was, wasn't just like a brand-new press car they gave me. This was clearly a car where the guy driving it is going to be doing a lot of miles. He's not going to be reviewing it. Mm. You know, so it was like it had like 5,700 miles on it when I got it. That's old for a press which car. Which for a press car is very old, for especially a, a really exotic press car like that. But it was tight, and they gave me the opportunity halfway through the week to change into a different car if I wanted. I was like, nope, perfectly happy here. Uh, don't Don't need or want anything else. This car is fantastic. And yeah, and I, I actually, I almost, when I got home, I was really close to asking Laura, like, do you really need this car back? Like, can I just keep it for like two, three weeks, just fucking roll around in a bit? I, I didn't want to overstep my bounds because I'd already driven it a lot, but it was very tempting to be like, hey, I know you Let's don't. get a McLaren long I know right? you don't need this car, and I know it's just going to sit around for a while. But, uh, yeah, 5,600 miles on a press McLaren is a lot. But this thing was tight, worked great, drove great, no issues. It was awesome. And and watertight. Very important. Yeah. You you tested. I did test, yeah. Fortunately, I didn't have to go through any – because, you know, on the Spiders, the intakes are down at the bottom. So you don't want to drive through a deep puddle in this car. That would be really bad news. But I didn't have to. And uh, And do you have the electrochromic roof? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Because it actually darkens very significantly in that car. Like, yeah. You don't really feel – what did we drive recently where, like, even with it in darkened mode, you felt a lot of the UV coming through? Uh, oh, what was it? Lucid? No. Well, Lucid Lucid came through because it has the huge windshield. It, Lucid's not electrochromic, though. No. It's, it's a just Ferrari 812? No, I don't no, remember what it was. was I don't know. McLaren does a good job where it's like it's the fast. world goes very opaque very yeah. quickly. Or sorry, yeah. the sun goes very opaque. Very I, I left it dark except for at night. And actually, I drove it with the roof off most of the time. I, I really – I put a lot of sunscreen on and I drove it with the roof down almost all the time. Fucking great, great car. Mm-hmm. Just no complaints. Just such a, such a nice thing, especially with the comfort seats. And the regular-ass tires, you don't need any of that extra shit in that car. I didn't take enough pictures of it. You'd have to go back to the picture of me and Ali to see it. Ember orange. Um, but, yeah, the only thing, you know, the only thing that was missing, radar cruise. If it was going to be, it had, it had cruise, but it wasn't radar cruise. And so if I was going to buy one, I would, I would definitely want to spec radar cruise. Definitely. Such a nice road trip car. Um, and you want to have that. Right. Um... What else do we have on the thing? Um, oh, did you see uh, the story about uh, all the fucking tickets that were issued in Monterey during Car Week? No. The Monterey PD's uh, Instagram account is hilarious. They put up all the stats of all the... Uh, they wrote, yeah, cops wrote 135 tickets during Monterey Car Week. Whoa. Which is a pretty small police department. Uh, 211 cars stopped, 10 arrests made, and one for doing 94 in the tunnel. You know the tunnel, right? The, the tunnel that Monterey? connects downtown Monterey to Cannery Row. It's like a quarter of a mile long. It's str- it's in the city. Like, I don't know if I've you have to be 
So first off, I, you have to be a grade A fucking moron to goose it in this tunnel during car week. It is the most obvious place for a cop to be hiding at the end of this tunnel. They're hiding there every year. There's always a grip of them. When you go out the tunnel, when you're going the other way, from because my hotel was Cannery Row, when you're going the other way back into Monterey through the tunnel, you can see like 10 cops at the end of the tunnel. And one guy's just standing there with a radar gun, and then they're lined up on the side waiting to go fetch. It's like it's literally like me and my dad with a shotgun and a pack of dogs. <laughs> this fucking dude with the gun just nails him and then goes, Blue McLaren, 94, mm -hmm. and then they just pull him over. I mean, it's like it's shooting fish in a barrel. And not to mention, it's a tunnel. You can hear the GT3 get on it from so far away. Of course. It's insane. And these fucking morons are just ripping it through this tunnel because they are babies who can't help themselves. And they're all getting tickets. <laughs> and then at the other end, they go, oh, shit. Yeah. What was it? The, the Monterey Police Department Instagram? Uh, yeah, it's their Instagram, Monterey PD. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. They put, look at their, their stats. Oh, my God. They're the new totals. Car Week totals. Here's the totals. 256 traffic stops, 176 citations, eight vehicles towed, 10 arrests. Wow. Isn't that crazy? 176. I mean, it, it makes sense, like the crowd that's there. And especially everyone's stuck in traffic for so long. Everyone's getting frustrated. So then they get a little bit of room and they yeah. go for it and the cops are like right there. Yeah. And like just so many people driving around with no tags. and and But, dude, seriously, these are probably all – they're probably mostly like supercars and tuner exotics because like we all know if you're driving like an old race car on the street during Monterey Car Week, like no plates, no problem. Like you you could do whatever the fuck you want. Like no one's getting pulled over in a Ferrari 250 test. Probably not. It's like I'm just moving it from here to there or whatever, you know, historic vehicle. But plate. there were a lot of tuner exotics being major grade A shitbags. I mean, I saw tons of it. I heard tons of it. And there were and and like the culture, like the car spotter culture has mm -hmm. has fully arrived. So like after dark, there's just like gangs of car enthusiast kids that are like Instagrammers or TikTokers right. or whatever, just like running around town looking for these folks at their hotels or at their parking garages or whatever, trying to get like car spotter content, which leads to people just doing dumb things in their cars. Yeah, either chasing them, doing dumb things, or yeah. uh, influencing them to do dumb things. Like, hey, right. you know, go for it or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but the the Monterey PD account was pretty funny with their their stat board. It's That's really <laughs> pretty yeah. good. Do they keep a constant count? Let's see. Uh, oh. yeah, they have a daily tally, and then there's the total <laughs> at the end. Eight seventeen, eight eight eighteen, eight nineteen, then eight uh, twenty. Here's the yeah, here's the that's, total. That's the total. Twentieth was Sunday. Car week traffic enforcement. Yeah, and they, that's their warning. They have, they have a warning. And then there's some comments on this one. Scroll down on this the comments. The top comment, look at this top comment. Just a heads up, I'll be in a, ch a chalk gray 997 GT3 cup. The car is catless, has no front plate, racing harnesses, straight pipe on slicks, and a non-carb intake. Happy hunting. Why <laughs> would you? Uh, as long as I don't get charged with fake 1199 plate, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> That's funny that there's an actual, uh, like, section code for that, which makes sense. Yeah. It's very funny. God, I was hoping the PD would reply and be like, we got you. 
you know. I mean, you got to be like, and I bet you this guy, if you go to that guy's Instagram, I bet there's pictures of the car, which you'd have to be, you know, if he goes, to the, if there's no pictures of his car, oh, oh it's private, private account. Yeah. I wonder if that's recently private or he just made it private once that blew up. Uh, you know. If, if I had to figure, you know, the, the person who's driving fast through the tunnel is the person who's taunting the police on yeah. their own Instagram. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's that's and then another uh, a McLaren got T-boned by a bus. Oh. And it, allegedly the McLaren ran a stop sign on in on 17 mile and and got T-boned by a bus and fucking sent into the weeds. Um, I don't think there were any serious injuries, but uh, it was ugly. I would bet that that's true because, like, the bus drivers, they tend to follow the law and move slowly. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see if a camera comes out or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't but, know. You know the bus drivers, like, pretty, literally their job depends on them being safe. Yeah, pretty um, nuts. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a good time, and, and, and there's there's a lot. You know, the, the one of my favorite things to do during Car Week is totally free, is to watch the Tour d'Elegance. You know, go down on 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 uh, on Highway One, between Pebble Beach and Big Sur, and bring a little picnic, bring some breakfast, bring some coffee, and just sit in a turnout. And and you know, all the cars that they charge five hundred bucks to see on the lawn, they come to you. Mm-hmm. You get to hear them. They're driving by. Sometimes they're goosing it pretty good. Some of the old race cars. And no one on um, the lawn really gets to hear the cars drive. You might hear them putt onto the lawn at 5 o'clock Well, the and they have to start them for but, judging. So you yeah, have to hear them start, but like, it's not oh, like hearing them drive by. Yeah. yeah. So one of, you know, me and um, me and Ali and um, our Sacramento Ryan and our, our friends from up in Sacktown, um, we went down on Big Sur and, and posted up with some breakfast. And, and that was great. And that cost absolutely nothing. And it was very, very fun. Um, some of the auctions, it, there was an obvious trend, 80s and 90s supercars, manual transmissions, big wins, big wins. Everything else was soft. Hmm. Um, Even the old 50s, 60s, classic, big money I mean, stuff. still big money, but a little soft. They all were kind of just at the lower end, um, you know, Glickenhouse's Ferrari 412P that they estimated 40 to 50 million got 30 million and it was only one bid which is like yeah it's 30 million bucks and i guarantee you he didn't pay 30 million bucks for that car but but it was not a win and a lot of the other auctions were kind of soft yeah i mean some some stuff did all right but but the you know manual transmission 90s 2000s supercars were pretty strong um indicating you know that's that's what a lot of people want to have in their garage. They want something they can drive. Right. You know, they don't want something that they're just staring at, really. Any Countaches? Any, re- any red Countaches? I didn't personally see any, yeah. uh, but I didn't look that. There, there's, there's so many auctions going on. And at night, you kind of have to either go to auctions or parties. And I was, I was at parties more than auctions i didn't i didn't see any countaches i'm sure there was at least at least one i I googled i couldn't i can't find anything quickly but i'm sure there is our friend our buddy hotel doug he had that the countach that was on the lawn at pebble beach the 82 monaco grand prix pace car safety car Mm -hmm. uh the curated uh worked on and uh my buddy hotel doug fucking rules he's got a fantastic collection fantastic taste in cars drives all his shit and the 82 uh 
82 Monaco Grand Prix uh, safety car with the light bar on it. I mean, just the fucking tits. It was it was rad. So that was on the lawn at Pebble in the preservation class because it's unrestored. Oh, very cool. Um, so interesting that car, a car from the 80s would be preservation at this point. But that's, you know, it's a 40-year-old right. car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went and I went to the Monterey Car Week, I think, in the 90s for the first time. And yeah. And there was, you know, 40-year-old stuff that was probably preservation class. I don't know if they had the unrestored class back then. I can't remember. I feel like that's a newer trend where it's like, here's the barn find, yeah, rusty, I, uh, flat tire. I th- I feel like the class has been there for a while, but it's grown in importance. Mm. This year was the first time that a, pe- a preservation class car was top three for best in show. I think the third place car was a preservation class car this year. The winner, of course, was a Mercedes 540K. Two out of three years for Nazi cars winning overall. Oh, of the last three years? Two out of the yeah. three have been Mercedes uh, fascist era <laughs> Mercedes. Um, so that wokeism has not reached Pebble Beach. Uh, <laughs> fash is in. It's in <laughs> um, fashion. It's, oh! There it is. Fucking uh, Clapman. That should be oh, a shirt. 2022 class winner first place was... Oh, antique class. Never mind. There's all these different classes. Yeah, there's a lot of classes. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I did get to, sit to say hi to some heavy hitters. Said hello to Emerson Fittipaldi, which was very cool. Uh, that was that was a real treat to say hello to him just walking down the street. So you'd think that – I mean, he's he's an older guy now, but like – You'd think in that crowd he would he would have a hard time walking around, but he was not really being bothered except by me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you, you have to know what he looks like right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not what he looked like when in the heyday. If, yeah. If I if I'm seventy and I watched him when I was a kid or a teenager, yeah, I remember that face. But yeah, yeah. It looks no, that's because I've seen him in documentaries recently, and I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. That's why, but I mean, yeah. you know, celebrities here like they put a baseball hat on, some glasses, and you you cannot recognize them. Yeah. Unless you get within five feet. Superman was real realistic in that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Glasses. Uh, he looks totally different. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so when I was, uh, while I was up there, you were in the woods camping. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Inyo National Forest, uh, and hiked to Lake Adiza, which is stunning. And we later, we got back last night, we watched the movie Wild with Reese Witherspoon. And on the cover of the Pacific Crest Trail book from the 90s was the lake we stayed at. It was like, wait a minute, I know those rocks. Mm. Like, it was apparently John Muir's favorite lake. So... Hannah and I watched the remake of The River Wild, which is on. Oh, I remember that. I remember, remember the, the original one. Street. Yeah, they remade yeah. it. It's, okay. It's not great. I mean, if you look <laughs> was, back at the first it one. It wasn't like, great then. Was, I but I remember watching it. That was like, I, I was, river rafting must have hit peak market right. back then. Yeah. Because I did a bunch of it. The movie came class out. Class five. Very scary. It was class five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are, le- those are legit. Yeah. Re- speaking of rivers, you know, we had record rainfall this year in California. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so all of the waterfalls were going real hard. I bet the rapids are huge. So you were in a tent during the rainstorm. <laughs> yeah, we we got we got to our spot on I think Thursday, right? And then Friday, some neighbors. We had like these six neighbors in our campsite. Was and it a, a, a an established campsite? No. It was so. Was no, no, we were like total backcountry. Totally backcountry. You know, yeah. People, you find places people have been. Yeah, they've cleared some ground. You're like, all right, people have camped here. This yeah. is a good spot. And uh, and there were six folks next to us. And the morning they were leaving, this guy comes over and he's got like Garmin watch, Garmin GPS on his hip, and an iPhone with like weather alerts. Mm. He's like, hey, I just 
have you guys seen this? And we're like, and I'm with my dad and his, I'm with my fiance, my dad and his friend. And my dad and his friend have done this for 40 years. Yeah. OG, they're not bringing, like they left their phones in the car. <laughs> and they're like, no, what, what does it even say? They left their phones in the car? Yeah, they don't want to bring their phone. There's so a like service. A, a emergency? My dad rents a Your sat dad? phone. Okay, all right, but, all right. But now with iPhone 14, yeah. you have satellite emergency yeah. everywhere, which I'm glad I got this phone before yeah. the trip. Because um, like your, you know, your dad's seventy five. Seventy five. Totally. Like you need you need to bring an emergency communication yeah. device when you're camping at seventy five. He's been bringing that for a long time for yeah. that reason. I think right. once they hit sixty, he's like, we probably yeah. should bring this because um, he's also hell like in his time he he found someone that had a compound fractured ankle that he had to help with. He put an IV in somebody once that got hellied out. Like, yeah. He's seen people get hurt. Dude, the River Wild, the drama starts when someone fucking trips and falls and cracks their skull. Yeah. That's the, that is the, that is the, that's the <laughs> that's factor. The catalyst. That's the catalyst. The hero's For journey. the whole rest of this fucking movie. Yeah, go on, sorry. <laughs> I mean, if you fall down out there, like, you're very yeah, you're aware. in trouble. You're in big trouble. Yeah. Um, so these guy comes over, he's like, I just want to show you the weather report. And it says, you know, rain tomorrow. And then in thunderstorm, he's like, monsoon warning. We're yeah. Like, what do you mean yeah there's a monsoon he's like apparently the first time ever yeah. this national alert has been or this alert has been you know uh sounded in california yeah so i'm up there on thursday and i get a text from freddie Tavarish, and he's not there he's at he's at home in florida he's not a pebble and he goes hey what are you gonna do about the cyclone and i go what the fuck are you talking about and he sent me this screenshot of like holy shit what am i gonna do about the cyclone <laughs> and uh so, I mean, obviously, this is now in the past week. And and although some areas did experience some nasty flooding and ultimately it wasn't it was not a hurricane, at least in our in, in Los Angeles. Um, but uh, it was it was for for a day and a half. It was a shitload of rain. So if you weren't ready for that. But so were you in a fucking tent? We had a tent. So you just, you just sit in your tent for a day and a half? Um, pretty much. I mean, we it only rained an inch per day for two days, which like is a lot of rain. And the change in in the river was honestly exciting to see. Yeah, I bet because it went from like pristine valley with lots of water to dark clouds, and the water seemed to like up thirty percent. Yeah, you know, just louder, bigger, everything. So um, once you camp, I mean, you brought the dog, mm-hmm. but like once so fun once you camp. Is it now just uh, gathering wood and making meals? You can't and make fires. Well, you mean because of the rain? You couldn't make fires? You're not allowed to make fires in that part of the forest. Oh, shit. Because of fire danger So stuff. what did you – did you bring a, a stove? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, we had – like camping with veterans – like camping veterans, not yeah. actual veterans, um, is great because they know how to make amazing stuff out there. So like we ate better while camping than yeah. we do most of the time here. Like, you know, clams. What did my dad make? Clams and linguine with like. He brought clams? He brought canned clams, but with good oil and uh, and garlic and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was legit. Huh. Like, really properly tasty stuff. Huh. I remember the first year I camped with him as an adult, I brought dehydrated pad thai. I was like, yeah, I'll make this for everyone. And then night one, some guy made lamb burgers. And night two, someone made something else. And I went, I'm going to embarrass myself yeah. in front of these, you know, older people. Sure. So I, I stepped my game up a little bit. Uh, but the rain, we we decided we're, we were like, well, we have one day we could either walk out or stay. And my dad and his friend didn't give a shit about the weather warning. And so Sarah and I were like, all right, we'll stay. It should be fine. And it was wet and it was annoying. Um, and it, uh, you know, curtailed our ability to, like, go explore. But we had good rain gear and we had lots of tarps. 
and I, I terraformed because one of our our friend's tent was getting water under it because uh-huh. he was in a small trough. And so I just like cut moats with a shovel around his oh. tent and like re- – and all of a sudden you just like make a slice in the ground and, and the, the water, water just goes – yeah. I was like that was all under your tent. Oh, man. So I was a five-year-old like at the beach basically. I had one of my gutters get clogged with like, you know, a stick or something mm-hmm. and – and, you know, it was, like, overflowing the gutter. Mm-hmm. And I went up on the ladder, and I fucking pulled the uh, pulled the clog out. And this, this, the rush of water that went down there was like a fire hose out the bottom. Yeah. I mean, it must have been a couple hundred pounds of water sitting up there waiting to, waiting to get sure. out. It was very, very rewarding. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I felt super – I felt really good. I have I, mastered I water. Saw, yeah, I, yeah, I had mastered the earth. I was like yeah. – I was like, whoever – Credits Rome with the aqueducts is giving them too much credit. This is pretty simple shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I dug dug some trenches yeah. and it directed the water yeah. around. Hannah and I yeah. were were inadvertently very lucky that our new house is on the very top of a hill, so mm-hmm. all all water runs away from our house, which is both directions, which is really nice. Yeah, that's, that's important. That's incredibly convenient. Houses, tents, everything. Yeah, we were yeah. on a little very slight hill, and I was glad. Because other people were getting kind of flooded out yeah. because it rained for so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the drive home with the fucking cars. Were, there was cars. All people. All of a sudden, there's a car, like, facing me Oof. at one point. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that person fucked Dude, up. When we, so we drove home yesterday on 395, which is east of the Sierras. And for people not from California, the, the thing you want to know is this is mostly, like, high desert next to mountains. Mm. There were floods that had uh, covered a lane yeah. on the highway and there yeah. were still signs up and there was still water coming down sure. spilling onto this highway like south of Mammoth well I'd they were worried about it after all the snow last winter about about this would flood out when all the snow melted yeah because that's like where it goes <laughs> and that's what happened like yeah. there was t- there was still snow where we were which yeah. my dad had never really? seen before at like 9400 feet yes there was snow there was snow it's significant August. amount yes <laughs> It's fucking crazy. And then when it rained, it melted some of the snow. Yeah. And then, I mean, dude, the rivers. Like, we had to play the game of where do we cross this on the way home? Yeah. Because it's going to be bigger than it was before. Right. But it was all fine. That's good time. Yeah. So That's relaxing. A good time. Highly recommend. Uh, do I have anything else on my. Oh, I had a really interesting conversation, brief but interesting, with uh, Seinfeld because he bought that. Jerry. Right. Uh, Dave, Dave Seinfeld. He's a he's a dentist. <laughs> Son. And uh, yeah, because uh, he you know he did Spike's show, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and he bought the the most expensive nine nine six on the planet. You see this? He bought the I think it's I think it was called Club Sport pr- uh, prototype Seinfeld buys whatever. Was it the gold one? It was uh, this. It's called Classic Club Coupe. So this is a really interesting car. And I wanted to ask Jerry about it. It's it is it is a 996 rebuilt by Porsche, recently, not then, and it's a GT3. It's basically a GT3 touring. Mm. So it's a GT3 engine, but Fuchs style wheels. Because it kind of looks like the Sport Classic from that era, right? But it's GT3 engine. But it's a GT3 engine thing. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, dude, tell me about this this car. And he's like. It's amazing. He paid $1.2 million for it. And I was like, you know, how is it amazing? He's like, he said, it's it's like the best 996 GT3 ever made. And I go, you know, what does that mean? And he said, well, it's not very often that an OEM looks at a car from its past and goes, 
let's take a do-over on that Good and point. see what we can do. And so it's totally, um, you know, it's, it's sort of re-engineered with uh, sort of the best of what uh, their special wishes department would do now, uh, but applied to a 996 GT3. And he said, like, the end result is a really great uh, driver's car that feels light and tight and fast and just really nice to drive. Um, is it softer than the GT3? Yeah, a little okay. bit softer than the GT3, yeah. Um, but it, he said it's basically like a, like a GT3 Touring, but for a, for a 996. And the 996 GT3 is, is harsh. Yes. It's a very stiff car. It is. Yeah, so it's, it's softened. And he said the paint is just amazing. And if you keep going, they have an interior. The interior is really, really nice um, with this houndstooth and, uh, and really nice leather. And, you know, it's, he, said it, he said it feels like a, an absolutely brand new car, but to a, a much higher standard than they were even doing then. Wow. So, you know, he's, it's, he, re, he really was saying very, very nice things about it, um, which I, I may, it made me happy. He wasn't just like, yeah, it's one of one, so of course I bought it because it's worth money. He just like, there was actually something to it. Um, that Ooh, gauge is like great the gauge with, with the stripe. stripe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's it started as a 996 GT3, and it was completely stripped down to the tub and, and rebuilt. And it might have lightweight panels. It, it, it might have some other shit, too. I didn't, we didn't get, like, too into it. Um, but he said it was just so nice to drive. He was very excited about it. And, wow. You know, he doesn't care about money anymore, so whatever. Who gives a fuck what right. it costs? Right, but it's, but it's cool. But that allows him to buy things he likes, not things that he thinks will appreciate. Yeah. Or maybe he buys some things he thinks will appreciate, but cool. I mean, if, if he likes it, that's what's important. Yeah. So that was a, that was a fun conversation. Um, so, so them's the things that's, uh, that's what I did for the week. That's what Zach did for a week. And now we are back. Uh, we will have the, um, on, uh, what do you call it? Today is Thursday, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So Tuesday we'll have Nick Brown, um, from uh, McLaren. It'll be that podcast that I recorded in a very, <laughs> strangely big like ballroom they gave us this like huge room it's, by yourselves though yeah it's That's just funny. the two of us at this little table were you guys that, at a long dinner table we were past the yeah, salt but we, but we just sat at a corner of it like and it's this enormous room it's kind of silly did you send your butler like give your butler a question to bring to him and then he writes a response it, and sends it back something like that it was a carrier pigeon uh, so let's go to the Patreon. Of course, we appreciate all of you guys, especially everyone who bought a watch from me. Um, of course, if you want to ask us questions uh, for the show, get a show without ads, get the show before everybody else, and all of that shit, patreon.com slash the Smoking Tire Podcast. Also, speaking of Patreon, tangent, real quick, September 25th, a month and a day from today, Are You Garbage will be in studio. Yes. Kevin James, Hell yes. Kevin James Ryan and H Foley will be in studio. We're going to see their show on the twenty second. Goes, cuz why didn't you just ask me? I would have comped you tickets, but I wanted to support, so I bought tickets. But, but uh, very excited to have those guys in. Listen to a lot Great of AYG show. on this drive, and uh, we can we can play a little car you garbage, um, and, and really really the push idea. them on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're working on that. That's the side. That's Patent the, pending copyrighted. That's the side hustle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you seen, they're really they they're selling on their website. Um, like knockoff Zippos, but they were like, yeah, 
said a Zippo people had a real problem with this. They were like, it's definitely not a, it's, it's a Bippo. It's yeah, a Bippo. Yeah, yeah. It's a Zippo. <laughs> it's um, a Zippo OH. Yeah. Uh, Dave Kerwood says, what's your go-to gas station rest stop snack when on a long drive? Quest Bar and Nuts. That's for me. I usually go for the nuts. I love uh, I love a mixed nut. I love a lightly salted or a dry roasted mixed nut. That's usually usually my go-to. Uh, and a Perrier, a little spark or a little sparkling water, Pellegrino. You're in the middle of nowhere. Add a little sparkle to your drive. If you're in the middle Perrier. of nowhere, you might not find sparkling water. They haven't figured out sparkling water in certain. I mean, it's called places. club soda. But they don't have that either. <laughs> that's true. They don't so have, that's true. They have like eight thousand kinds of like sport drink. You know, a whole bunch of domestic beer, and yeah. then and no sparkling water. Gas station in Mammoth has three flavors of Gatorade, all the originals, and then about nineteen different IPAs. <laughs> it's such they a mountain the, town. They know their market. Yeah. Uh, Aiden says, "What's your opinion on people rebadging uh, their USDM cars like the domestic market cars? Uh, example: Chevy SS is a Holden, or Acura NSX is a Honda, et cetera, et cetera." It doesn't really doesn't, bother yeah, me. Care. Have fun. Yeah. And actually, I think some of the Holden stuff, it does look pretty good. I mean, because it should fit I like correctly. when they do the whole, whole Holden bumper. Right. The whole it, grill. It, look, it yeah. looks good. Yeah. It elevates the car a little bit. Yeah. I, it, it, it doesn't bother me. You do it, do it makes you happy. Yeah. I, I don't mind that as much as I, like, they're like fake M or AMG. Badging the car as something it clearly isn't. Yeah. To try and fool somebody, I mean that's that's the if you badge your NSX as a Honda instead of an Acura or put a hold it, you're not trying to say the car is something that it's not because you're not changing the model. Usually. Yeah, you're changing the manufacturer, but that's how they, that's how it's called in other places. Yeah, but if you have a M240 and you change it to M2. Yeah. In Germany, they don't call your M240 an M2. Right. They call it M240. Yeah. yeah. And you're the only people that will notice the badge are people that know it's fake. So you're just fucking up. I assume they're trying to hit on someone. They're going, no, no, I got the fast one. And then I hope that uh, There you're... was quite a few fake badgings in Monterey. Really? Yeah. I think I don't think they were – I think they were local-ish people that were just out cruising. Did anyone but, put a P1 badge on a five? Dude, I was behind a fake M5, fake E39 M5, and this dude smoked his clutch so bad when he tried to do a burnout in the tunnel. I smelled this fucking clutch for like three minutes. Did afterwards. he have a 540, or did he have some like even? Worse, it was like a five series. I don't know, oh, okay. but it had a fake M5 badge on it. It was heinous. Uh, Retrofit says, I have a nascent watch collection. Good use of that word. Is there ever a reason to buy a new watch versus a cool depreciated vintage timepiece? I personally can't think of one. Um, sure. I mean, the same, the same reason one might buy a new car versus buying a used car. There's almost always more value in buying the used one. Uh, but some people just like the feeling of a brand new thing. It comes with the box. It comes with a warranty. It, you, you, it's just the satisfaction of, of doing it. Um, now, that with watches, they're often better taken care of than with cars, and they're simple. There's less to go wrong, and there's fewer you know, stories, things to work at. No one's not like you, you, someone might have crashed this car and fixed it without, without you knowing. But like – 
I don't like to buy vintage watches so much because they're not as durable as brand new watches. Almost all brand new watches you can can take a pretty decent beating, whereas watches from the 60s or 70s, you could break them pretty easy, and I do. So if you are the kind of person that can wear a vintage watch and not fucking wreck it, then yeah, they're great. But if you know that that's going to be you and you're going to buy something vintage and break it and have a hard time getting it fixed, then you don't necessarily have to buy a brand new watch, but you would want to buy a more modern watch and you know maybe get it used. But yeah, Ivan Capote says uh, drove an Elantra N for Car Week. Uh, it's a great car. Doesn't feel as premium as Integra Type S or Golf R, but has features you don't normally see at that price point. Uh, accurate so far. Yeah. Ha- has your opinion on that car changed with the release of the Type R? Uh, a GR Corolla, is it a top choice for fun, inexpensive driving? Well, we had the Elantra Type N on Performance Car of the Year last year, and we also had Civic Type R and the GR Corolla. And all the whole staff at Road & Track determined that the Elantra N delivers basically all the speed that those other cars do. It lacked certain things. I liked, I liked the feel of the shifter and the clutch better in the Type R. Mm-hmm. I liked, I thought the Corolla was a little rowdier and a little more aggressive, and that was that was fun in sort of a rally car way, plus it was all-wheel drive. But for lap times, it was right there, and it was a lot cheaper than both. It's like $13,000 cheaper. It was a lot right, cheaper than, than Type both. R. Especially, yeah. let's try, even, even for, if you ignore markup, it's... It's over ten grand cheaper. Yeah, it's it. it yeah, on a, on a track, if you get a Civic Type R with the PS four uh, S's, which are optional, versus the Cup twos, and you had those cars on the same tires, they are the same speed. It's incredible. I mean, it's a couple tenths either way, maybe. And the Elantra, uh, if my memory serves, rides better around the city. At least this yeah. city, it's softer sprung. Yeah, Civic Type R. It's firm. It's fun, but it's very firm. Yeah. And I think the Elantra has lumbar support, which yeah. the Civic does not. And the Integra, I, I like the Integra more than I like the Elantra, but it's $15,000 more expensive. It's mm-hmm. a lot more expensive, and it's not really any faster. Yeah. So um, the Elantra N is a great car, and it, it deserves all the nice things that people say about it. Um, and it consistently ranks high in our road and track performance car of the year. Uh, tests as the, did Veloster and uh, Veloster and won in 2019 when we did that test. It beat out supercars. Um, Flannel Bob says, uh, someone who's been in the automotive sphere for the majority of their adult life, what are your favorite oddball and quirky cars? And what are some of the coolest untraditional engine and drivetrain configurations that have caught your attention? Tough question. Lots of oddballs. I mean, I, I love... All oddballs, almost. I mean, the we just talked about the Isdera. Like, that's fucking nuts. I mean, the, the Vector's very odd. The Vector's very odd, both idea. from powertrain and you know, three-seat across, but yeah. with a Oldsmobile Toronado powertrain, but with twin turbos on it. Like, how fucking crazy is that? Yeah. Uh... I mean, Volvo doing a twin-charged four-cylinder is a very strange powertrain. Yeah, and the early years of that, the calibration was real strange. Yeah. I remember driving it. it peaky. Felt peaky and fast, but too much like surge on the on a little bit of throttle. Yeah. That was odd. And that's a modern car with kind of a quirky powertrain. Uh, 
Koenigsegg doing a three-cylinder and a twin-turbo eight-cylinder in the same car is very, very interesting. Has there ever been a bigger delta between the entry-level engine and the top-spec engine? I don't know. Five-cylinder delta? Possibly. Ooh. I wonder if in some, if there's any country where you get a BMW 5 Series with like a shit pile three cylinder in it. That would be like yeah, do they sell that in like Croatia or something? Like a seven series with a four with banger, a, yeah, and then with a twelve, yeah, versus a twelve. That that may be you may be able to get that, that somewhere. That's a fun game. What's yeah. the biggest delta in, in cylinder cylinders? Count yeah, between t- is in, there any car that can get a four cylinder and a twelve cylinder production? There. I don't I know. Bet, I bet there's a 7 Series somewhere with a four-banger. And possibly, possibly an S-Class Mercedes. Mm, also a good point. If uh, there's a hybrid. I don't I don't know what they're doing in, in Europe with the really small diesel. There might be a diesel four-cylinder. That's true. Diesel four. I think we let's go gas to gas. Yeah. And if anyone's listening, put it in the comments. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in no, 2010, but, they talked about a four-banger S-Class. Oh, yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The 2011 Mercedes-Benz. Oh, that's the diesel. Yeah. Yeah. If you include diesel, there's definitely four to twelve, for probably both the both the seven series and the S class. Um, there's so many fucking quirky cars, dude. Like there's, the Nash Metropolitan to me is yeah. is really quirky in proportion, look, idea. Uh, one of the heads of GM left, I think, to create Nash, which in Weird. hindsight, like. That Oops. seems like a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a really weird car. Anything with three wheels. I have. I was offered and have accepted the new Polaris slingshot for a press loan. I did not like. You didn't. But when I went to the Germany, last one you really when didn't I like. no, not at all. When I went to Tegernsee last year, there was a guy there from Polaris who was a head engineer on the slingshot, and this guy owned race cars. He raced regularly, and he said, "You, I know you hated it, but we've re-engineered like 85% of the car. It has a new engine. It has a new gearbox. It has new steering. It has all this new shit. And I, the people who work on it, who've, who engineered this, they give a fuck. And so I said, all right, I will try it. So they offered me a new one, and I said I would. And then once they offered it and I said that I would take it, they were then kind of hesitant. They were like, wait. What are you going to do with this thing? I said, I'm going to evaluate the dynamics of the car. And they're like kind of hedging. And I was like, here's what I just told them what I just told you. And they're like, okay. Okay. So here we go. We'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Get your helmet ready. I know. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, Morgan's. Also, also Morgan's. Morgan's. Oh, Morgan three-wheeler. Incredible. Yeah, or, or even four-wheeled Morgan's. The plus four is awesome. Aero Super Sports, awesome. Uh, let's see. Derek Yegan said, I recently got a speeding ticket driving an Altima through the desert. My friend and I laughed about big Altima energy before it happened. Yep. What other cars have this big energy? Uh, who would you bet on to win a race across LA during rush hour traffic? Um, so I, I mean, any car where the people who are driving it have nothing to lose. That's true. When you are when you are at a stage in your life where you are really just don't give a fuck, everything is on credit, you know, you got nothing. So it's like it's like challengers that look like Hellcats but are really six cylinders, Altimas 
The shit you get at the buy here, pay here lot, that's that's where it's at. Uh, I've also noticed people that own TRXs oh, drive like different. assholes. Yeah, that's different. And I mean, that's brand new, but yeah. That's different. But that that truck has a big ultimate energy to it. Yeah. Uh, Travis says, any plans to attend Audrain Concours or back-to-back car of posh car events too much to ask of the wardrobe uh i love the audrain it's great um but i i have a lot of work and i i there's only i can't go on a lot of car events as vacations and I did the Audrain and it was great and uh, the really nice people it was a lot of fun. But I did it as, as a trip with my dad. Me and my dad take an annual vacation together. And this year's trip, I'm actually bringing him on the Road and Track Hudson Quattrocento with me as, mm, cool. as my guest. So it'll be a road trip that we're taking together, but he's going to get to watch me be in a position of authority, <laughs> which, which will be fun. <laughs> um, and I asked... Uh, I think they're going to have me in a BMW XM, which I'm really not excited about. But I've heard good things about that car. I understand it's you're, heinous like, looking. It is, but I'm but that I'm curious to see what your take is because it's supposed to be very nice inside, very comfortable. Maybe That's stereo, what I, I said. I said to Mac Hogan, like, look, my dad's coming with me. He's six foot five, you know, and he's seventy. So something comfortable. And he said, I've got you in an XM, and I went, ugh, but. Okay, fine, probably. So that'll, that's probably what it is. Get an Escalade V, whatever the hell. I should really ask Bentley for a flying spur. I mean, that's really just all I want is a flying spur. <laughs> like, uh, all the pizza in my belly says, what have you heard about expected lifespan for a mechanism like spring drive with its mixed mechanical electrical mechanism? Will it be serviceable for the same time as a traditional movement? Uh, and is there a market for Seiko to produce solar timepieces with accuracy? Well, a couple questions here. One, I mean, I don't know about the expected lifespan for a mechanism like spring drive. I don't see any reason that with regular servicing that it wouldn't last forever, really. Um, the service intervals are like five to ten years. It's same same as a mechanical movement. I don't think it costs more to service than a mechanical movement. I've never gotten one serviced, but I'm happy to let you know how much it costs once I do. I'm sure you could call it, if you really cared, you could call a a Grand Seiko boutique and ask them. Um, I was told five to 10 years, but I've never had one long enough for it to matter. The one I bought in 2016, I sold in 2021, and it didn't need service. So, um, And Seiko already produces solar timepieces, as does Citizen and some other people. The Seiko Astron line is solar. And if you, they are very accurate and you never have to wind them or anything. And so, yeah, exists already. Uh, JD says, what unobtainium car uh, announcement or unveiling at Pebble most caught your attention? Um, Like I said, most of the stuff we saw at Goodwood already. So there wasn't really anything at Pebble that we hadn't already seen. I mean, oh, I'm, you saw the new Zenvos. Oh, said. yeah, the new Zenvos. Those are very interesting. They are very hardcore. Um, the interiors are quite pretty. Lots of exposed carbon. Uh, on on that one, um, the Aurora, the, the black and red one in the front there, you can actually see, it's hard, it's hard to see in this photo because we're kind of zoomed out, but at the base of the wing, right in front of the base of the wing, you see that little bit of yellow? 
Yep. That's actually the shock tower. So you can see the cantilevered Whoa. suspension through the bodywork right there, which is pretty cool. You can see it better there. You can actually see that's a that's not that's the coil spring. It's horizontally mounted. So they're going to be insanely fast. You know, they 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 look pretty aggressive. It's a fixed tub, so you move the pedals and the steering wheel. You don't move the seat. Their gauge cluster was very beautiful. I really liked what they had done with the with the gauge cluster, and. Um, so the interior, yeah, it's tough to see. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not a, a bit. It's tough not to great. see, but the so it's three circular gauges, right? Yeah. But each of those circles by itself has a gauge on both sides, so they can flip. Whoa. So each of them is an analog gauge on one side and a screen on the other side. That's awesome. Which is pretty rad, actually. And so I was, I was kind of into that. Um, Taking it, a page out of Bentley's book. Yeah, the interior is somewhere between Pagani and Ford GT. Yeah, it looks like a lot uh, of bare carbon. Yeah. Some sharp angles. Very um, light, lots of carbon. Yeah. Probably insanely fast. I mean, um, 1,850 horsepower, I think. Yeah, so, ridiculous. Yeah, that's a lot. But attractive in person. But, these, you know, those these cars, like, I don't want to take anything away from them. I bet they're nuts. But it doesn't really do anything for for me, you know. Uh you know the 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 tag turbo 911, the one mm-hmm. we saw at Goodwood, the Stefan Johansson car. I mean, that's the shit. Where you have a Formula One engine in a 930 turbo, you know, to to drive on the street. That's incredible. Uh, the Gordon Murray track car looked crazy. I think Zen because the Zenvo, the first Zenvo when it came out a few years after Koenigsegg, yeah. I think. But they just seem to have struggle to build the brand equity the Koenigsegg has. Right. But, you know, they had delivery problems, some mechanical problems. Yeah. It's hard to get. We've never gotten press access to one. Very few people have. And, and their engineering, you know, their their carbon work is good. It's they're, 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 everything they're doing is, is, is good. And I don't want to take away from them, but it's not like Christian where you go, this guy is an actual mad scientist and – he has all these other technologies that he's making money from, and the the, the supercars seem kind of like playing. I think it also, for me, it makes me more attracted to the Koenigsegg brand because mm-hmm. I know there's just this amazing mind behind it, and yeah. they've demonstrated over and over again that there's a lot of engineering and, and, and progressive thought, like yeah. with the, now with the manual electronic transmission. Yeah. You're like, that's brilliant. <coughs> so it makes you kind of bring uh, breeds an allegiance to the brand and yeah. interest. It's not just huge horsepower and a carbon tub. Right. Which is what a lot of these other cars kind of are. Yeah, this almost seems like, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to either one, it's kind of like the Dutch version of Hennessy. You're like, this is a big power carbon car, Right, but we have a lot of those now. Yeah, we've seen this. Yeah. we've seen this formula. Yeah, um, and I, it's it's not it's not a, a showstopper necessarily, but I am super excited for the McLaren 750s, which was unre- unveiled up there, and its evolution of the 720 with uh, the 765s exhaust and gear set and the Arturas user interface. Fucking stamp that, dude! I'm calling that a, a winner. The, the two things you want out of the 765 and then the best of the 720 with the upgraded UI from the Arturo with CarPlay and all that other good shit, fuck yeah. And then leave the rest of it alone. 
Yeah, that makes sense. We do not need to, to unfuck what's not broken. You know what I mean? So I'm very excited to drive 750S, especially the Spider. And uh, it looked great. It looks exactly like what I want out of a McLaren. Um, Chris says, can you compare the XC60 Recharge with the Cayenne E-Hybrid? Uh, 2020 CPO Cayennes are about 75K. Are there any reasons why you would choose one over the other? Wait. Well, the Cayenne E-Hybrid you drove was like the Turbo S. Yeah, but my dad right? bought the regular one. Oh, right. Okay. Um, uh, and actually, I've never driven it. So I haven't driven it. I haven't driven his or a press car. So I can only tell you so much. Uh why would you choose one? Of, I mean, if I could afford a Cayenne hybrid, if that was where I was shopping, I probably would not be looking at a Volvo. It's the Cayenne. My dad's Cayenne was like, with all the stuff in it, was like $125,000. It was it was 50, 60% more expensive than the Volvo. Um, I think the dynamics are probably a little better on the Cayenne. Just the steering feel and stuff like that are probably a little better. The Volvo has very digital, you know, RC car kind mm -hmm. of steering. I like the center stack on the Porsche a lot better than the, the Volvo one. The, the Volvo does such a great job with seats and seat materials and door card materials. But for me, like, the center stack looks cheap. It just piano black, lots of piano, piano black. black. And, like, the little, you know, the chrome-looking plastic scroll wheel, like, all that stuff, it just looks like it's less expensive, which it is. I mean— Look, XC60 Recharge, the one you look you tested, brand new, yeah. was the price of a three-year-old Cayenne hybrid. Yeah. So it's also a weird comparison. New versus used is kind of tough. That's that is tough, um, but they're nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a real answer to that one, uh, and and I'm not necessarily cross shopping that. Uh, Ryan says, "How did your underground parking area fail with all the flooding?" Fine, I got dual 75 gallon a minute pumps. They were not tested. I mean, it was not, it was fine. California does have building codes that that take into account the worst case scenario with new new building. Um, so yeah, we had we had no problems at all. It was uh, it was great. Um, Tommy's Boo says, "Are you planning any track days or lemon lemons racing in the future? Would be great video content." It would not. It actually isn't. It Tom, would be very poor video content. Track videos do really bad. Racing videos do really bad. Um, I'm glad that there are certain people that want that kind of stuff, but unfortunately, in the scale of hundreds of thousands of people, it performs so badly. And um, the audience, in terms of not in terms of anecdote. Not in terms of comments or emails, in terms of data, which is all that matters because we get paid in a math formula and not in positive comments. Um, they want to see us drive cars on the street. They don't give a fuck about race cars. They don't give a fuck about driving, testing cars on the track. The video, I there is. I'm going on road and track performance car of the year in September, and I will be making a video of every single car we test on the track at Thunder Hill. And they probably won't do very well, but that's part of my job. Good thing someone else is paying me to do that one. <laughs> uh, uh, this is an interesting question. Suzuki Luki, overall thoughts on turbos? Uh, I don't have much experience driving anything with turbos besides four cylinders, and they've all been quite awful. 
Does lag get less noticeable as the displacement and cylinder count goes up, or are they all pretty bad? Uh, I'm considering a G70 Turbo 6, but I'm hesitant because of the turbos. Um, okay, there are a lot of questions there. In the real world, a downsized turbo engine is only marginally more efficient than a naturally aspirated engine, especially if you're going fast. Um, and having said that, I don't think all turbo engines are bad. I don't know what I don't know what you've driven, but I certainly don't think all turbo engines are bad, and I wouldn't necessarily not get a car because it was turbocharged. And I'd also say that's not reliant on cylinder count because we've driven like GR Corolla, three cylinder turbo, fun engine, fun car, and then all the way up to you know twin turbo V8 supercar. You know, take your pick. Like they've all been interesting and exciting to drive. Uh, cylinder count does help lag. It reduces yeah. the lag. Absolutely. Especially if you're trying to squeeze more power out of the small displacement, you're going to have more lag because you have a larger turbo unless they get real creative with, you know, anti-lag or something like that. Yeah. And there's other cars where it's a smaller turbo and it's, it's not what, it's not lag. There's a response at the very low end where there's a delay in response, but then you get a huge torque shove at 2200 RPM. Mm -hmm. So the response is a little slower, but that's not lag. That lag is like where it doesn't spool until like 4,000. So it's like a different thing. But like I, without you saying which cars specifically you drove that you didn't like, like I've driven four-cylinder turbos that I would not call awful to deal with. Maybe well, you need to change your driving style. Well, also, if he drove older cars, or sorry, if, if this person drove older cars, with direct injection, lag has been reduced mm. significantly in modern engine tuning. Like G73.3, you there is turbo lag there, but when it the turbos hit, it's a very fast car. It's a really strong engine and a really nice car. Yeah. Um, what about just NA motors with small batteries? I think it's probably cheaper for companies to bolt a turbo to something than it is to develop an entire hybrid architecture and buy um, and buy also, the batteries for that. And also, if you've got a hybrid assist system, you can use that hybrid motor to fill in the lag in the turbo True. effectively, like McLaren and Ferrari do. Um, so you can have the benefits of the turbo motor when you're coasting or using light throttle and then also have the benefits of the hybrid filling in where the turbo motor um, lacks. But... There are times when when a turbo motor is only marginally efi more efficient. There are other times when a turbo motor is much more efficient. So um, it's it's not one to one. But I I I mean I, I don't I don't disagree that your experience has been your this person's experience. But my experience has not been that that mm -hmm. all turbos are bad. Um, Joshua says, you mentioned in the past that not all mods are good for streetcars. How do you feel about poly bushings? Will they squeak and give a harsh ride? Yes, they will. Uh, harsh ride, yes. My bushings don't squeak. So I've depends on the bushing, depends on how it's installed, depends on, you know, if they use the weird copper grease or not mm. and how long it lasts. It also depends on where you live. I think mm. if it rains a ton, it probably pushes that grease out more quickly. Mm. I have not had a squeaky problem, but... Poly bushings will make your ride more harsh unless you soften the suspension at the same time. Yeah. Like a lot of modern sports cars, M2s, M3s, you know, all those, that, that same market, a lot of them have turned to solid mounted 
rear subframes because they can put more control, give more control to the suspension. Mm. But if you don't soften your suspension accordingly, um, or if you stiffen the suspension at the same time, then yeah, your ride is going to get more harsh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I before unless you're talking, if you're talking about a brand new car, like brand new car, and you're upgrading the suspension. Okay, maybe poly bushings. But if you're talking about an older car, mm-hmm. I would my recommendation would be to put brand new OEM bushings on, and that'll get you what you thought you needed the poly bushings for. That is very most possible, of the time. Yeah, just new bushings and not stiffer bushings. Yeah, true. So that's especially if the car's over ten or fifteen years old. For sure. If you can see cracks in your original bushings mm-hmm. or if it looks like the rubber's destroyed at all, then, yeah, a, a new OEM bushing will completely change it. Yeah. Uh, Christian says, have you seen how dirt cheap Mercedes EQS is on the used market due to Lemon Law? I tried uh, to no. find some a specific story about this, and I couldn't. No, I, I mean, and usually if there's Lemon Law, I mean, how, how, many, how many lemons could they be, have bought back? They buy all of them back? I don't know. We haven't seen that. I, if you, if not, uh, yeah, I don't know. Not got anything. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of law firm things. If you, I mean, fire risk uh, prompts another Mercedes EQS recall. Mm. This was from March 30th of 2022, but it's posted by a law firm. Um, it's not like I can't find anything in Jalopnik or whatever. Yeah. So don't know. Follow up in know. the comments. I, I we have we don't have information on that. No. And we're not we're not we're not always a lot of people ask us about stuff on the market, but we're not like just shopping all the time. So it's hard to especially for like regular cars. Uh Jack Volger says I have some questions, but my first would okay. I know it was a long time ago. But any thoughts or comments on driving the three Turner Motorsport race cars? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I remember they got much easier to drive as they went forward in generations. The E92 M3 was very, very hard to drive. It was scary. The brakes would lock up. Rev matching was really tough with the manual transmission, much harder than a regular street car. I don't know why. Um, but it was a real workout and a challenge. And then I did the Z4 GT3, right. um, which was much, much easier and more fun. And then I did the M6 GT3, which was much easier and more forgiving than that. And so the the cars kept getting easier to drive. Very exciting. Shout out to Will Turner. But um, that's what st- stands out about, about those cars to me is just how much easier they got to – they, they became to drive and to get up to speed and to start. You know, by the time I got to the M6, I only had like, I don't know, three, four sessions in the car. And I was like a second and a half or two seconds off of off of what would be a competitive time on the, you know, if I had a full day testing that car, I'd be at race pace. And, it, and that's just, I mean, not that I'm something fucking amazing. I'm all right. But like. That car just got – it was very easy to, to, to drive and get up to speed. It was very balanced and stable, and uh, the earlier car was fucking hard, really hard. Probably light flywheel, yeah. So it's hard Just to a bunch of shit, but it was – it was it, it reinforced to me that I don't really want to go racing at that speed with a manual gearbox. I want to have fun with that. And, but, but uh, yeah. 
Uh, Matt Hamilton said, oh, bought a Canyon Notice. Congratulations. Did you expect them to sell out as fast as they did? I did not. I was very, very pleased. I thought they would make it a day or two, but I didn't think it would be an hour. So that was very exciting. Um, oh, the Be The Match giveaway watch, I will let you know. We, I just wait, I'm waiting for the professional photography so I can share the Instagram post. But it's happening. Don't worry. You won't. It's not like it's going to be a one-day thing. Like it's, We're going to announce it, and then you're going to have like two months to do the thing. So it's. I wanted to make sure that – because if we're talking about donating blood or doing something that takes time out of your day to do it, I'm going to give you a reasonable period of time to do it. Uh, HUD says the Corkscrew Hillcomb at Laguna Seca was awesome. Oh, an awesome, affordable way to experience Car Week. Uh, there we go. Um, yeah, that's another affordable thing to do. And, yeah, Pat Long was fucking up people in the Gunther works. The Gunther, they've, Gunther folks have decided that the Corkscrew Hill Climb is going to be their event. Gotcha. So they That's optimized cool. for that. They hired Pat Long to drive it. And, yeah, he's fucked people. The Gunther works cars are really fast. They just sold one at auction for $1.2 So the Gunther works on the flip is a 100% uh, premium. I mean, it's cool. They look the business, and then they perform the business, yeah. you know, in the right hands. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Arbogast says, what tools do you use to manage your car collection? Uh, I have one-inch binders with plastic folders that have my maintenance records and shit in them. That's it. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's there's not. Uh, I don't do the thing where I write down every tank every time I put gas in it or any of that shit. But I keep all my maintenance records. And if you buy a car from me, you're going to get a really well organized binder of registrations, insurance cards, maintenance history, and all that. The one that came with my NSX, fuck me. It's like this thick. Jeez. I I haven't even really gone through it yet, but there is an unbelievable amount of information, which, by the way, I got the NSX back. I drove it for the first time. Man, it is so – it wasn't bad before. It was fine. But when I dropped it off at Evasive, there was just like at low RPM, just like a little roughness that I suspected shouldn't have been there. And they, it's a total engine rebuild, reseal, all new gaskets, new everything. But wait, they didn't do like new rings and all that stuff? Like No, not okay. new rings. No, no. But they resealed all the motor with new gaskets and all new hoses, new plugs and wires, uh, new, um, you know, all every fluid is new. Every filter is new. Um, it was a, it was engine out. I mean, the yeah. engine came out of the car and came apart. And it is it is driving. You got wait till you drive it. It's so great. It's so smooth. The ride is amazing. The the height is perfect. You know, I upsized the rear wheels because it was 17s front and rear. And I thought the rear just with the stock wheels just it looked a little small in that wheel arch. See, there's always too much room back there in the stock cars. Most people that put different wheels on them go 17s and 18s, and so that's what I did with the with the HRE wheels, which. Um, as usual, you know, every time I modify a car, like 85% of people are like, oh, that's cool, you know, or say nothing. And, and five people are like horribly offended and say that I've, I've broken some kind of rule about how you should modify your car. Um, but I think they look great and the, the, the tires are great. It rides really nice. It's super smooth. Super, super smooth. Because you do different springs and shocks, right? Uh, Tony, the guy I bought the car from, put um, uh, Bilstein suspension on it, but then only drove the car 300 miles after that. Hmm. So it had new shit. And I I said, let's 
leave that. I'll drive it for a while. And if I don't like it, we'll change it. Because it's like to go to the really good stuff from the full coil, it's like another seven, $8,000. But I was like, Bilstein's like good. Mm-hmm. So as long as the height is right, it's not scraping, it's not rubbing, um, and which it's not. And I, I like how it looks. So I'm just going to leave it. Yeah, it's good. Car's so nice. It's like everything is very delicate. Yeah. You're not not. It's not like you're going to break it, but like you just shift with your fingertips. You steer with your fingertips. It's light, but it's precise. Really, really light controls, light pedals, light everything. Very kind of low effort car, which um really looking forward to putting some, some miles on that. Um, last one. Big American sedan shootout. Uh, second gen... CTSV versus Chevy SS versus G8 GXP versus CT4 Blackwing. Uh, when I looked on Auto Trader, they're all within ten thousand dollars of each oh. other. Well, Chevy SS and G8 GXP are the same car. Yeah. The Chevy SS is just a better version. It's a it's a newer version. I think it looks a little better as well. Uh, looks a little better, and the later ones had Magride. Which is the last which two is a years? Invention. Yeah, Chevy SS with Magride is excellent. Um, uh, I never, having said that, I'd I'd probably rather have the CT4 Blackwing, which I think is very agile, especially if you get it with all the all the goodies. Because the CTSV that Gen only came in automatic, right? No, that was manual too. Gen, Gen two. two, Gen three is automatic only. Oh, okay. Gen one was the the. Right. Old one. The one those felt are, like a vet the, sedan. Those are and, not so yeah. great. Yeah, the Gen Two is a supercharged one. Oh, oh nine right. the, to twelve. Yeah. And then Gen Three. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ooh. Um, I mean, look, the CT4 Blackwing is a, is fundamentally a new car. You're talking about 2022, 2023 model year car versus cars from 2014 and 15 or 2012. That's the smart way to think about it, Matt. I'm going CTSV. Okay. It's got more attitude. Sure. I'm going to go CT4 Blackwing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's our show. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, we will be, we're recording in studio uh, tomorrow with Aloisa Roof, daughter of Alloy Roof, and uh, the, uh, the the person who's going to be running that show eventually yeah. over there. Um, she's got a lot of cool things. We didn't even really talk about what they were doing, what Roof was doing at Pebble, but it was pretty, pretty cool. And I didn't talk about it because we got a whole show on it. So live folks tomorrow at 1030 a.m. Pacific with Aloisa Roof, which will be very fun here in studio. And then... Um, you get that show that I recorded in the the grand ballroom of the Monterey Plaza Hotel uh, with Nick Brown, the CEO of uh, McLaren of the Americas. Uh, very very cool show, and uh, well, that'll get us a little bit ahead, as it were. And then we'll have more crew shows. Alex Roy will be in studio next week. Uh, that'll be fun. He's got a he's got a really interesting story to I, tell. I bet. Yeah, he's here <laughs> he for a reason. Does. It's not okay. it's not a random pop in. He did a really fun and interesting thing um, that I think is uh, is going to be a great oh, cool. a great story he wants to tell. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye.